Welcome back to the Alternate Shot Podcast. I'm Mike. I'm Matt. Double pod tonight, the OG pod tonight. Just the two of us. The rest of the guys are uh, are off doing uh, doing other stuff, unfortunately. But, uh, Is there an Irish flu situation from I Scotty's engagement party? I don't, I don't think so. It's been a couple of days, but you, you can't rule it out. <laughs> never know. Especially with Dave, you never know. Matt, what do we got on the agenda today? Uh, let's recap the Wells Fargo. We will preview the fifth major, the players. And uh, in the spirit of people melting down on 17 at the players, that'll be fun for you and I to talk about our personal worst holes and, and worst rounds ever. Share a little bit of our vulnerable selves with the listeners. Sounds good. Let's get into it. So, Matt, the uh, the Wells Fargo returned to form for the PGA Tour, a much better field than we've seen in uh, in past weeks. A little gear up here for uh, for the players, which we're going to get into in a bit. But uh, yeah, what were your thoughts of the tournament? And uh, you know, did you think it was <laughs> was it refreshing to see you know some of the better players out there this week? Yeah, definitely. It was great to see the. Uh it was great to see a full field, right? It had been a long time. You kind of have this master's hangover where, you know, folks take some time off. They go on vacation, spend their winnings, do whatever they do. Mm-hmm. And, and they kind of tune up really until until the players. And this is kind of the final tune up for it. So we had a very full field. So with a full field means a bunch of people missed the cut. Uh, the cut was three over and Kevin Kisner missed it. Gary Woodland missed it. Russell Henley, Scott Brown, your boy, Tommy Fleetwood, Patton Kazire, VJ and Smiley all missed the cut. Uh, Smiley back in the field. Smiley almost DFL. At <laughs> almost. Seven, at 17 over. It doesn't fail. Well, you're, really trying doesn't. To, you're trying to steal points in, on our little matchup. And you're, <laughs> you're taking Smiley. You might need to start taking Derek Fatauer. Uh, Derek Fatauer, 21 over to claim another DFL crown. He had one a couple weeks ago. Uh, he was safe. He was at 12 over with 10 holes to play. Uh, but would not be denied. Three doubles and three bogeys saw him blow by Smiley. Uh, that's his second, like I mentioned. Um, I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look it up this week and and actually put together a little toilet bowl because it would be interesting <laughs> to know who has been. It was so clearly Stephen Bowditch last year. Uh, it had been Smiley, so obviously, but Fat Tower is making, making a little spring charge here uh, for DFL. At what point in the year do you start to realize, like, man, my card could be in jeopardy? I mean, I know they're doing some math on it, but, you know, obviously, Smiley, we've talked about, you, you know, what, what may be an unrecoverable uh, tailspin here, but y- you got to think that, that, that guys at this level, I mean, yeah, they're having a tough year, or in Smiley's case, maybe a tough couple of years, but uh, is, there, is there a chance to right the ship in any way, or is this sort of, uh, you know, what we're going to see? I don't know. Derek Fatauer is in the field this week, so right. he's he's doing enough right. So I don't know if he's going to lose his card. Um, but if you're someone like Smiley, I think it needs to be in the back of your mind. You probably need to get a win here, or you know, a, a top couple of top fives at some of these like end of year tournaments, mm-hmm. like the Sanderson Farms and and whatever. We'll see. Um, Smiley taking a lot of L's right now. I saw on Instagram this week, uh, the PJ memes Instagram was a picture of Smiley sitting in his natty light throne. Uh, <laughs> and it just said, when you finally break 80 on the PGA tour. So the kids keep coming for him. Poor guy. Poor guy. I mean, the picture doesn't do him. any doesn't do him any help. You know, if you take a picture like that. You, you're just asking for it. If, if things go south. No question. Um, oh, my, oh, no, this week goes to John Peterson. So this is a bit of an interesting story. I might spend a couple more minutes on this. Oh, my, oh, no, the normal. Uh, John Peterson needs 318K in his next three weeks to keep his card. Um, he's on a major medical exemption right now. He had like a hand issue the last couple of years. Um, and he told Golf Channel, he said, if I don't get that, I'm going to stop playing. Um, just like came out and said, he's like, I'm just, I'm just going to, I'm just Whoa. not going to do it. So. Yeah, we grammed this. Dottie liked it. Uh, always good to, to see Dottie still still, still scoping us out over there. Um, 
Anyway, so he's leading after Thursday. <coughs> Excuse me. He's leading after Thursday. Shoots a 65. Um, so, you know, good position. That'll help with the 318K. Goes out on Friday. Oh, my own own. Shoots 77. So he makes the cut. Uh, but he ends up in 42nd. Only picks up 22 grand. Um, Ugh. So it's interesting. So oh my oh no, just for you know, make enough money to keep his tour card. Interesting kind of uh, discussion to be had about him. He basically inter- did a, had a discussion with Golf Channel, um, and he kind of just says like he doesn't care anymore. He he uh, he is a new father. He says he wants to be around the kid. His family lives in Fort Worth. He doesn't like to travel. His hands been hurting him. Um, yeah, you know he said like if you asked me when I was thirteen. You know what? What I would get out of this out of this life, I'd make two million on the tour, and he didn't say that part, but like that's what he's made. You know, mm-hmm. play on the tour and have a top five in a major. He came in like fourth at, at a U.S. Open in like 2012 or something. Um, you know, and now I want to be with my kid. It, it was just a very, it was an oddly candid take. Um, and it was also a take that I think is very hard for the layperson to understand and agree with. You know, when I think about what I do what I would do all day if I didn't have to go to work is I would right. play golf. And he basically says, yeah, the travel sucks. And I don't know, I'm kind of over. I don't want to hang out, you know, with my family, which I totally get and is totally respectable and, and admirable. It's just an incredibly like cavalier approach to life on the tour that I, I can't recall seeing anyone else be this like blunt, honestly, in their kind of dislike for the life of, of a professional entertainer. Yeah, I think I don't know. I mean, you're right. Entertainer is an interesting term because the, the lifestyle and tour does kind of ring. You know, it, it feels a little similar to like if you're if you're a musician or if you're um, I don't know, like a movie star. Where you're traveling around all the time. You're really sort of a nomadic lifestyle. I I, I kind of understand where he's coming from. Where you know, if it's struggle week to week, and you know you you want the ability to get healthy, but you can't obviously because you you got to chase the money to get the card. If he's if he doesn't think he's going to get that card, you know what's what's the gain there? If he doesn't need the money and he's got you know a comfortable lifestyle and he's missing, you know those important moments at home with with young kids, I can, I can understand that. Um, it takes a lot of the fun out of what you do, and if you don't have if that's not there, uh, and you don't need the money and you're hurting, I mean all of a sudden you. you you're questioning why you get up in the morning and, and do all the hard work, go to the range, work out, um, and then get on the airplane and leave your family every week to go, you know, chase chase the dream on the tour. So it's definitely a young man's game to a certain extent. Um, but yeah, those young guys end up with, you know, young families and it's a tough thing. I think you're right. You don't hear it a ton, but I would I would bet that a lot of guys have the same apprehensions and some of the same struggles uh, with that. And, um, you know, it's, it's not surprising to see, but you're right. You definitely don't, you don't hear it too often. Yeah. He had a comment. He said, if it's time to walk away and tend to go into real estate development back in Fort Worth with a couple of my buddies, all of whom think I'm nuts. And yeah. I would kind of agree. I just, uh, that's just wild. I mean, the, the chapters of life, I suppose are, are, you know, are thus, but just, just a surprising, a very surprising comment to see, um, a surprising kind of attitude, I guess, to have. And it was just, uh, it was a weird, weird hearing from John Peterson like that, especially when he was sitting on the lead at, at a big boy event like the Wells Fargo. All right. This week's reminder that golf is hard is Hideki Matsuyama. Uh, he opened with a 77 and yes. that's for, you know, that's a smiley number. That's a Derek <laughs> Fathauer number. That's not a Hideki Matsuyama number. Shot 68 to make the cut, uh, then 72. He was modified cut. Keegan did it in reverse, 68, 77, 72. Uh, and the extreme here was Jeff Ogilvie. He was 68, 81. Uh, teed off Friday, two back um, of the leader. 
and then you miss the cut. So weird course. Weird. It's uh, a hard golf course. It, and it is weird, right? I mean, like we said, it's a PGA Championship golf course. They modified it last year. So not a lot of reps uh, for these guys under you know champion or championship conditions or tournament conditions. So um, I think it'll take a while to settle in and have guys kind of get back into a routine out there. But it's a tough it's a tough golf course. I wonder if this is like a weather issue yeah, where like they, picks up they or teed off yeah. yeah they teed off you know thursday morning and it was you know cold or something and then they played friday afternoon and it was nightmarishly hot i don't know i, I couldn't like find a way to, to check that out that's like my theory because that's pretty surprising i mean when you especially when you're talking about just golf robots there shouldn't yeah. be this much variance yeah i mean pretty often you'll see like with with the tea times like if you have a late afternoon tea time on on thursday you'll flip and have the early morning tea time on friday right try to keep it a little bit fair so uh, obviously conditions vary day to day but yeah i mean it could have been something like that where you know, the afternoon conditions were were not uh favorable and and it sort of bit both those guys or or in reverse right yeah and charlotte isn't exactly you know the the shores of of great britain no. where like in the british you can definitely see someone will make a case like you know i i was four shots disadvantaged to someone else who played when it was less windy or, or when it wasn't raining or or whatever um so yeah, i don't know yeah. but just a, a weird a weird series of scores uh, if you look down the list on on thursday friday uh, after 36, Peter Malnati, our Malnati. boy, our beautiful boy, who's seven under, leading after 36. He was one ahead of Jason Day. He was two ahead of Aaron, uh, one ahead of Day and Aaron Wise, two up on Charles Schwartzel and Paul Casey. Um, in the spirit of candor uh, or candidness or honesty, I did not watch anything on Saturday. <laughs> I was at a bachelor party uh, in Vermont. We did like the brewery tour thing. So. Lots of eight percent well, beer, the man, a by Kentucky the way. Derby, and a Celtics game, and I just I don't I don't know what happened, but it was a busy weekend in the world of sports. Um, sport, sport. Well, um, not he's the man though. I love he's so. You know, it's funny. Like ever since <laughs> the pod, and now I feel like we focus on him a lot more. But he is uh, he loves to be in front of the camera. He's got a lot of personality. Like he's a fun person. Seems like he's having a lot of fun out there on tour. So when he plays well, it's fun to see. And uh, yeah, yeah, I, funny I'm clip of him, him. Funny clip of him on like Scratch TV like hit hit a fairway and you he, you could see him like hold the finish and kind of body language it in and he like raised the roof when it found when it found the short stuff because he wasn't playing all that well on on saturday so he's always out there with a smile having fun uh we read his blog uh we love malnati so uh it didn't really come together for him on the weekend um anyway wake up i wake up sunday uh, we have Jason Day in the lead at 10 under. DeChambeau's three back. Phil is five back. Uh, Captain America and Ricky are six back. Um, and the world, by the way, is not the same place on Sunday as it was on Saturday because Childish Gambino releases a new song. <laughs> I knew you were going bring that up. He just like... Do you think it's he's going to be like on Time Magazine now? Do you think it's as impactful as everyone's saying? I actually have not heard the song yet, so I saw like a clip of it. So on, the song, on the news, bang! You saw it on the news. There's like a yeah, because he Jesus did the whole like Christ. he did the whole like yeah the the whole like I mean the, the performance itself is getting you know you know lauded from coast to coast. So I I mean look, you're a big Gambino fan. I respect the man and what he does, but I don't understand him as a. I mean, I don't think it's a tran transformational artist of the of the of the generation. But. I mean, Gambino is a mastermind, uh, but he. I don't Very know. Talented. I, I like. Um, I've had this discussion for the last three days with with some people. Uh, <laughs> one friend of the pod in particular. I don't know. I, I like the the kind of punchy, clever, um, irreverent Gambino a lot. And now that he's some like hyper woke voice of a generation i don't know how i feel about it um but the song is catchy as shit i listened to it on repeat on the walk over here i did not like listen to the pod to remember what we talked about last week i'm all about it uh anyway song is great 
Gambino, Gambino run on the world. Um, royalty forever. All right, Malnati finishes seven back. Um, it wasn't meant to be for him, like I said. 34th place finish. Um, tied with Ollie Schneiderjans and Bo Hostler. TBJ and Seamus, 27th. 53K for each of them. That's good. Ricky, JT, and Finau, 21st. Hadwin and Rory, 16th. Kyle Stanley, Gig Harbor, Washington, 13. Captain America, 8. Phil was in 5th. <laughs> Tiger Woods was in fit. Oh, that's a typo. Fifty fifth. <laughs> but who's counting? He had, uh, no, he had no birdies on Sunday. But who's counting? He was last. In, he was last in putting. But who's counting? How are you excited? How excited were you typing that line? Well, you know, agenda? it's just great. The Tiger was wearing red. You know, and and none of the other Nike players could wear red because you know, <laughs> God forbid, the guy in fifty fifth place who didn't get a birdie on Sunday, you know, be be confused for Masters champion Captain America sitting up there at eight. Well, we get in this. We get into this in a little bit about about Tiger, but the putter, which we talked about, had been actually helping him out a lot early in the season, uh, has left Tiger in a dramatic fashion. So, um, yeah, the the no birdies are are. I mean, like we said, his irons just haven't been sharp. But then you you take the putter away, and 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 now all of a sudden it's a big problem. So, if he wants to right the ship here um, and get back into contention, he's definitely gonna have to find something with a flat stick. Uh, now a lot of, uh, now our co-host last week, Matt and you were, were preparing for this tiger not doing so well because he played some new irons. That's right. New tailor mates. So what, what is it? What, what's it going to be this week? I don't think, first of all, I don't think it's the irons. I, like he, he plays blades. Um, I, you know. I've always wanted to play blades. I'm not definitely not good enough to play blades. I don't think there's a dramatic difference. The in technology. samurai clubs weren't blades. Yeah, this is a marketing thing for for TaylorMade. I'm sure they wrote him a nice check, and uh, that's why he's playing them. But um, there's no material difference between those and the clubs he played before. But um, he just has not hit his irons well enough this year to um, to contend for any extended period of time. Bryson came in fourth. Nick Watney and Aaron Wise tied for second. Uh, Jason Day got your W. Um, real quickly on those prior three, Bryson just yet again, like proven he belongs. Yeah. He's a big field. Uh, didn't melt. Had a good weekend. Good for him. Uh, he He's kind of inching his way into like actual relevance beyond just like golf no, nerd relevance. 100%. Like his game is getting so solid. I think, you know, again, we talked about it earlier in the the year, how surprisingly powerful he can be when he wants to. I mean, you, you think of him as sort of this technical player and he is, but it really helps him um, on these longer golf courses, these more, you know, championship caliber golf courses. Um, I, you know, I, I think he has um, an incredibly bright future. I think he contended all the majors the rest of this year. Um, We'll talk about him getting into the players here, but uh, it, it was impressive. He continues to impress, and I'm glad he's no longer on the uh, on the Hardo Patrol. I am glad, too. He's up to 42nd in the OWGR. He's 17th in the FedEx Cup ranking. Uh, and he's 24, so, I mean, more good stuff to come out of him. Definitely. Um, and then for Watney, we talked about, uh, you know, I think in the past we've talked about his medical exemption. He's kind of had a long road to hoe here. He was mm-hmm. one of the next the next great hopes here. He yeah. became a Nike property um, and, you know, has been hurt and kind of been up and down. So good to see him in second. Then Aaron Wise is a young guy. He's 21 years old. I think this is the first time we've mentioned him on the pod. Uh, held his nerve, you know, played pretty well. Uh, Day was too much, but but Aaron Wise should be commended for the week that he had. But like we said, it was Jason Day. Um, birdies on 16 and 17 to get a W on an otherwise not particularly clean day for him. I think he had four bogeys and he like only hit six fairways or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, he almost aced the 17th. So people remember last fall, JT kind of put the nail in the coffin on the PGA championship by birdieing 17. Uh, it's not a terribly common 
uh, hole to birdie, especially in the final round. 230-yard 7-iron. Yeah, it's in the bag. Uh, it hit the flag. Um, that is an absolute strike. Nuked that thing. Um, and that basically got the W for him. It's a second win on the year. Um, he had some, he's up to 14th now, I think, in the world. Um, he won at the Farmers earlier in the year. He won in that playoff on Monday that no one saw. Interesting comments about him kind of feeling burnt out last year after mm-hmm. ascending to number one. It, it sounds like it was a lot of pressure for him. He obviously had some some family stuff going on that we've talked about on the show before. Mm-hmm. Um, he looks happy. He looks good. He's, he's having fun out there. He's putting well. He, he's, you know, always been one of uh, the uniquely talented ball strikers, you know, tee to green players uh, in the game. So life is good. The Cavs are playing well for him. They're going to run up <laughs> against the Celtics here. But uh, life is good. $1.386 million for Jason Day, your Wells Fargo champion. I think Jason Day is one of the more emotional players. I mean, that in in a positive way, right? He wears his heart on his sleeve. Um, he's gone through, as you said, a lot, you know, from a young age, obviously through the stuff he's dealing with, um, with his family. And, and, um, I just think that, and his health as well. Um, he, he said something interesting. He said, you know, everything feels balanced in my life. I have no problems at home or distractions. I'm focused on golf. I mean, that reminds me a little bit about like what Sergio Garcia was saying, heading into his master's win last year. And I think it means a lot for players who, who do have, who do kind of wear their heart on their sleeve a little bit more than than some others? Jason Day is undoubtedly one of the most talented, um, you know, physical players on tour. Um, when he's got it all firing on all cylinders, he's really, really hard to beat. And I think you know to see him in a place where he's happy and he's healthy and um, he's able to focus on his game, it, he becomes a very, very difficult guy to beat. Um, you know, I think I think the way his peers talk about him. It seems like they're all they're all kind of pulling for him and and um, you know excited to see him back at the top of his game and I think the tour is a lot better for it. He is uh, undoubtedly a star and it's going to be a fun year to watch um, if he can continue this uh, this play. Yeah, the field is just is just deeper and more exciting every week that he is involved um, as a player. I think we've talked about the Faraday uh, that he did. It's probably the best one I've seen um, as like a complex individual. His, his upbringing, his his you know recent family situations, kind of the way that he. Uh, rewired himself as a younger person to become, you know, a, a calm and happy and successful uh, individual after a, a difficult childhood. I think it's, he's just he's one of those people that I, I particularly enjoy uh, and not such like a vapid. Yeah, he just roasts drivers way. Like I just I right. like seeing him as a person succeed and like hearing him talk. I just like I like his presence on the tour and it's awesome to see him, you know, back in winning tournaments. This is his 12th win, by the way. So, I mean, he's only 30 years old. Uh, this is, you know, it could be a little, a little renaissance for him after a year or two in, in a bit of a lull. That'd be a great thing to see. Okay. Hardo check. Uh, JB Holmes was in 42nd place and Captain America, as mentioned, came in eighth grades. I get a B. Uh, Tony Finau came in 22nd place. VJ Singh missed the cut. You get a B plus. Congrats on the win. You're off the schneid here. Rory came in 16th. Smiley. 17 over missed the cut. <laughs> I, I feel, feel bad. I feel bad. I really do feel bad. I say it every week, but look, I've been slipping in the polls or not the polls. I've been slipping in the, uh, <laughs> in the, you know, in the performance week to week on that. And I just had to go back to the well. Look, I, I take no, um, I take no pride in, in, in picking on a guy like that, but he has struggled and he, he's got a serious issue. He's got to figure it out. Um, but he's, he's next to DFL every time he plays. He's going to lose his tour card um, unless he can pull out of this tailspin. So I don't feel good about it, but got me the B plus. 
Slipping in the polls. Freud had a point. <laughs> That's just because Scandal's on, on mute in the corner. <laughs> uh, event grade. Did we enjoy the tournament out of two? Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think there's a bit of a contrast you have to you have to take into effect here. I mean, it's it's it was such a relief, not a relief. It was it was so refreshing to see you know a full field as you mentioned earlier. Um, you know, you had a championship caliber golf course, obviously a major major golf course. Um, and yeah, I'm going to give it a one point one point six. Okay, in the spirit of Charles Gambino, giving a one point six. I, I get it. Uh, did we enjoy the tournament, Matt? Uh, 1.5. It was good. There was some drama. Well, we'll get to drama, but just it was a good field. Um, like I said, it's good to see Day. It's good to see some some upstart players. I like seeing Bryson in the mix. This is a championship course. Uh, anything can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Phil made some up and down from like the rocks where he hit the ball off. It's pretty ridiculous. Ro- it was unbelievable. Um, yeah, you know I, I liked it. This is, a, this is a high quality event. 1.5 for me. Did you hear what Phil said about that, by the way? You see the this? rock shot? Yeah, no, I, I did. It was, I mean, if it was anybody else, it would, it would have sounded, I mean, do you, th- yeah, I was was, gonna say, do you think there's like a 2% chance that he's just like, I'm just going to go make up some bullshit for everybody. I, so I, I thought that for a second, but no, it's Phil. Like, yes, it could have been a little bit of grandstanding. It could have been a little bit of now like, for Dave, who definitely didn't see this or read the quote. What, what? So Phil was asked about it. I mean, if he didn't see the shot, it was pretty, pretty ridiculous. This ball was kind of up against kind of, it was up against a rock. And so Phil whipped out the 60 or 64 degree wedge that he carries and he basically hit what would be like a chop, kind of like a chop, not a full flop shot, because it the wedge impacted the rock and it like messed up the toe of the, the 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 wedge. You could see like the gash on it, but drove the ball directly into the rock, and then it shot straight up in the air and and landed on the green. And and I think you know any amateur player, you know, you mess around your with your pals, you might you might think twice about doing that just because it would wreck your wedge, but. Phil said that he knew he could pull this off because he had done it before. And then they, they asked him about it and he goes, well, I actually don't know really when, but I'm sure I've done it before in my career. And yeah, I yeah. definitely did it when I was a kid. And like, it sounds weird, but I knew I could pull that off because I'd done it before. And, but if you've, if you've watched Phil when he was younger, he used to do these little golf clinic things for, for, I don't know if it was golf channel or whatever, but you know, the shell worldwide of golf or whatever it was. And he would hit all kinds of crazy shots. He hit that one, like, behind him over his head from the bunker and all kinds of crazy stuff. So Phil is the guy to do this, but it was just another reminder of just how freaking good that guy is uh, with a wedge in his hand. Just the Im- imagination too. I mean, I think we've yeah. seen him do like the Pell's flop shot and, and I probably once per, you know, every other round probably find myself in a position. I'm like, all right, I'm going for it and right. give everyone a heads up that this might be coming for their sternum or it might be really good. Um, but and that's just a shot that like anyone can just do if you swing hard enough and open the face of the club enough. But you gotta have the confidence up. to do it. Though. Right, right. But like if you go to a driving range, you could just like yeah, you get on a range, right? Right. The the sort of imagination to assess the situation and go, I'm going to use the rock to my advantage <laughs> to get the ball up in the air and spinning so that it releases is just is just next level stuff. Do you think Bones would have vetoed that? Uh, I doubt it. It wasn't necessary it wasn't a very important right, right, right part of the tournament but maybe i mean that's uh that's one of those where i think you're just gonna be like all right dog let's let's see what you got let's see uh it. did we like the outcome out of one one yes jason day i mean it was so good to see him um playing better and and you know true to form like he, he literally is um back in the driver's seat i mean if you looked at how he played and you look ahead to the players championship and and you know obviously ahead to the u.s open the and the british I don't know how you can look at that guy and say he doesn't have, you know, championship caliber game. Um, and look, 
across the board, to your point earlier, Jason Day um, is a very lovable guy, but he has gone through ups and downs in his career. So, you know, when he's when he's playing well, um, it's just a great story. So on top of that, uh, the golf was great. It's good to see Jason Day just as one of the big guys on tour back in the, you know, back in the saddle here. But um, it, w- it was a feel good story and I'm happy to see him. So one for me. One for me as well, and, and maybe one day we'll run a regression on how players performed after signing with Nike because I do feel like there's a little bit of a, little bit of a <laughs> inverse correlation to success. They're certainly out of the gate. I mean, for a year, year and a half or so, uh, people seem to struggle. Okay, uh, out of two, did we like the players involved? I'm going to go 1.8. I'm not sure why. It's not a perfect score. It was a, it was a stacked field, and um, you know, I, I, I guess I always, I always con- like... I always mix this up with the drama piece, but if there was more of a battle down the stretch between you know some of the bigger guys, it would have been great. But um, yeah, the the field was as good as you could have could have expected. Uh, yep, yeah, I'll give it a one point seven. Uh, Phil was never like a threat to win the tournament. Uh, DeChambeau was never really a threat to win the tournament. It was kind of just between Day Wise and Watney, which is still pretty good. Um, and you got some clips of you know. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, there's a couple people that that you like over here. Um, Wise doesn't do a ton for me. Watney, the same. Um, But the other three, uh, I like 1.7 for me. Uh, Complicating with the was there drama. I mean, the drama is just meant to be like in a vacuum. Like, Mm -hmm. were you like, oh, shit, how's this going to end? To that extent, for me, uh, 0.7. Once once Day made birdie on 17, it seemed like he he pretty much had this thing locked up. Mm -hmm. Uh, But for a little bit, I mean, it was definitely interesting uh, and competitive on the back nine. Um, which is not equal to drama, but is a cousin of. So 0.7. Yeah, I'll go 0. 0.6. Same reasons you did. I'm just going to take the under there. I, I, it didn't have the fireworks down the stretch, but yeah, it definitely was interesting and uh, it kept me kept me interested all the way through the end, but um, nothing spectacular. Will we talk about this tournament again out of one? 0. 0.4, 0. 0.3. I mean, I guess if Day wins, um, you know, wins the player or something like that, you can make the make the argument this was kind of his return to form, but um, and maybe maybe it is, but I don't think there was anything really to write home about. Totally agree. It was fun, but now it's done. Uh, point three, uh, giving the Wells Fargo Championship a 10.5 out of 14. That ranks it ahead of the Valspar, which everyone will remember Tiger didn't win, but almost kind of did win, and behind the Arnold Palmer. Arnold Palmer in 11.2, kind of holding the marker down for for (laughs) big, big successful event for the year. Okay. We move on to the Players' Championship preview. And that, of course, means a couple... Oh, no, we don't. We do Stupid Golf Haiku first. (laughs) (laughs) We almost missed it again. What do you mean again? We definitely didn't edit last week's pod. Okay. Stupid Golf Haiku for the Wells Fargo. April 20th, Wells was fined one billion bucks people don't forget (laughs) that was the business side of me working as a somewhat competitor to wells fargo uh the actual stupid golf haiku don't quit peterson signs of life from malnati tiger is not back (laughs) oh you had to you had to go there which is a perfect five syllables and may be said be be said over and over again (laughs) I hope not. I really hope not. I'll try and All right. keep, I'll try and keep them fresh. Okay. <laughs> the players championship. Players preview. Stump Mike. The other pile in my iPhone notes. Okay. Stump Mike. How many aces have occurred in this tournament on seventeen in the history of the tournament? 
Okay. I'm going to say there have been... Talk, talk me through your thought process. Case interview right now. What are you thinking? So, obviously, the focus here is going to be the 17th. It's not the only par three on the golf course, but it's definitely probably... It's probably one of those famous next to 12 at Augusta in, in, in the world of golf. And I would say there have been... It's been going on for a while. This tournament's not a new one, obviously. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think I'm going to say there's been 12 aces in the history of the tournament. Okay, good guess. There's only eight. Uh, <sighs> they're pretty rare for some reason. Uh, and just to be clear, we were talking about 17, not in the whole tournament. But there have been... But you were. My bad. Eight aces on 17 in the history of this event. There was not an ace from 2002 until 2016. Uh, Miguel Angel Jimenez got one in 02, and 16 was Sergio. Um, so yeah, they're very rare. Some fun prop bets on will Tiger or Phil get one, um, or excuse me, will anyone get one, or will these guys find the water? Bonus stump, Mike, who has the most water balls uh, of anyone in the field this week on this hole? That's a tough... Mm, I don't know. Um, Case interview it. Talk me through it. I'm must, just trying must to think. Have, must have played I, a I'm lot. I'm prepared for this. I'm going to say it's been Phil Mickelson. Yep. Eight. Eight water balls. <laughs> That's pretty surprising. For well, like a 145-yard hole. I think this whole so the 17th is always I remember when it came out on I've never played TPC but I remember when it came out on um, I think the first golf video game I ever had was it was like PGA Tour 99 or something like that it was Tiger was on the cover but it was before I think it was before it was a Tiger Woods game Mm -hmm. right and it was a computer game and um, it was I, all I did was I don't even I don't know if there were more courses in that game, but I only played TPC. Um, I just love that hole. And and you're right when you play it, you're like, man, this is a really short this is a really short golf hole. You see it on TV, it looks really imposing, and you're like, ah, maybe it's the camera angles or whatever, because it's such a short golf hole. I mean, you, you take a you know you go to a range and you have a green, you put it at that at 145 yards, and those guys are gonna they'll knock the drink out of your hand nine times out of ten. Right. But all of a sudden you put it's the stadium golf course, right? You have you have thousands of people there watching. You have the world watching on TV and you have nothing but water. And it just it, even for the tour pros, it changes the dynamic. So I'm not surprised that the guy like Phil, who who juices the ball a little bit, um, you know, may have gotten into trouble over the years there. But it's a tough it's a tough golf hole, man. Under, yeah, and I'm, under I'm willing to bet pressure. like I'm willing to bet of those eight, six uh, landed on the green. Yeah, and spun and, off and looked or, looked yeah. okay it, mid-flight. He was just going at a at a dangerous pin, and he hopped it off, or he's peeled it back yeah. down. And and uh, yeah, I think you got to play in this tournament a lot to do that, and you also need to be a bit of a risk taker. Uh, like we said, Players Championship is the fifth major. Uh, it is played at TPC Sawgrass in Ponte Vedra Beach, Florida. There's an eleven million dollar purse. It is tied with the Masters for the biggest ever, one point nine eight million dollars to the winner million dollars second place. I think it's like 750K for third. So good week to pull a Siwoo and get hot. Siwoo is your defending champion on this par 72, 7,189 yard course. Big field. Everyone is there. No point in listing names. People who are not there. Smiley, Peter Malnati, Seamus Power. Hardo check. Uh, all are accounted for. This is Hardo Infinity War. Harshall, <laughs> Horschel, Holmes, Reed, Watson, Poulter, Emeritus Bryson. Uh, Lee Westwood is not there. He's the only thing making this from being just the fullest hardo of all time. Uh, we got some fun pairings this week. I think this is probably the news of the week in the run-up. Tiger, Phil, and Ricky have been grouped together. Uh, Tiger and Phil have not played together since the 2014 PGA Championship at Valhalla, which is one of my favorite events ever. I think you'll recall Phil and Ricky in second, Rory won. 
uh, Tiger non-factor at that one. Other fun groups, uh, Rory, JT, and Spieth together. Bubba, DJ, and Kepka just going to be melting <laughs> drives, slowing up play. Um, this Tiger, this Tiger Phil thing, uh, I think is a lot of fun. I, I think it's it is. And with each time they they put them together, you know, I think there's just further acknowledgement of what used to go unsaid, which was the PGA Tour would deliberately not group these two together and would go so far as to play one in the morning and one in the afternoon. This just was not a good relationship. This was not positive right. in any way. Um, and it just so happened that they were never grouped together all that often in, in the finals of majors. But now you hear, I think, all the things that everyone knew to be true, which is Phil saying, Tiger Woods 2000, like, holy fuck, man, what do you want me to do? No one could touch the guy. And at the same time, I'm a competitor, so I wasn't going to like... Right you know, tell everyone how great he was, but like, I didn't love it. And then also an acknowledgement that Tiger didn't really make an effort to, you know, democratize uh, himself as not, a person or, or as a, as a socialite on tour and part of what made him great. But the downside of that is that Phil, you know, price said, all right, man, GFY, I don't care. And now I think perhaps both people have, you know, wisened up a little bit in their years and, uh, been humbled somewhat by by life and by fame, and now there's a, a genuine mutual appreciation. So it's it's good to see them playing together and to to speak about their excitement in doing so. Pairing them with Ricky is kind of an interesting thing. Ricky and Phil have a I think pretty well known friendship and and uh, understanding with one another. But Ricky has also said, you know, look, my my idol growing up was Phil, and and or excuse me, was Tiger, and um, it's just, he's kind of in this funny position of you know. Uh, a superstar who is very available and is very commercialized and maybe doesn't win enough uh, and hasn't won the major yet. So he can almost kind of relate to both of them. So he kind of makes for an interesting pairing. Um, and then the other groups I talked about, I mean, Rory, JT and Spieth, when you talk about, you know, the three or four players who will, will dominate the tour for the next decade and, and kind of be deciding the winner and loser of Ryder cups. Cool to see them all grouped together. Um, Bubba, DJ, and Kepka just kind of for novelty purposes only. But don't forget about DJ. This feels like the sort of event where he might, you know, kind of wake up from his, his little slumber here and say, hey, everyone remember me and go out and get a W. <laughs> With that said, I'm going to take JT. Uh, this, this, this kind of feels like his type of, of tournament, um, his type of venue. He came in third here two years ago uh, when Jason Day won it. Uh, the things that this course demands of you, um, everything, frankly, uh, length, Ball striking, scrambling, putting, ability to handle the pressure. Uh, JT has, has shown an ability to do all that, and he's been in, in some of the biggest moments. Um, Jacksonville, Florida, for anyone who has ever been, is an interesting group of people, and the crowd can definitely get on you. I remember a couple years ago, Sergio had to call over like security uh, during his playoff with with uh, with Ricky Fowler, or not with Ricky Fowler, his he had, whatever he had to play with someone else, and it was a problem. Um, it might have been Ricky actually, him and Kisner, and. Uh, you know, maybe folks will get on JT. I don't think JT has played in in Florida since um, since the Honda Classic when he when he you know had to yell at some people. Still, with all of that said, uh, I do like his chances. He moves to number one in the world with a win here. Um, I think he's he's motivated. He's he's taken it easy since the Masters when he played good, not great. Um, this just feels like his sort of event, so I'm picking him to win. I'm picking Ricky to win. I think it's his time. I think he's mm. playing well. I think uh, there's no real like statistical reason why I'd pick him right now. I mean, there's better player. There's there's guys playing better than he is right now. But I, I like his performance at the Masters. I think this is sort of a similar type of golf course in in in, in some ways. Um, 
And I think that the, the, the fans really, to your point, rally around certain guys at this event. Uh, it really kind of, it does feel like a major. And I think guys who play well at majors or can elevate themselves in that way, um, you know, get maybe a, maybe a, maybe a shot, shot around out of the, out of the crowds down in, um, down in uh, Ponte Vedra Beach. So I think, I really think that, that Ricky has underwhelmed a little bit in the past. His ball striking is good enough um, and his putting is going to have to show up to win. But I, I don't know. I got a feeling, man. I think it's going to be Ricky's time. Well, he's won before. I was in Israel when Ricky won the uh, Ricky won the players, and it was like two thirty in the morning. We were staying at some like commune with no power, and I'm like refreshing my cell phone. The PJ app is not working, so I'm like refreshing Twitter, trying to keep up with you know how that playoff was going. I think it was him and Kisner, and I think it was Sergio. And, and if it wasn't, I get my years wrong, whatever. But it was a, a very intense playoff where he like birdied four last five holes, and then they played seventeen twice in in the the playoff, and he birdied it both then. So he is definitely that is probably the peak of his of his career, um, and maybe the only thing that would compare to it is the Masters of a couple of weeks ago when he certainly played the part of of a major champion, and I think was was spoken like uh, spoken of like one at the end for the way that he performed that day. Uh, so yeah, this this has brought out the best in him. I, I like that pick, and I would I would love to see it uh, if he wins it. He's in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Boom, done. Um, DFL Danny Willett. I don't like Danny Willett. He's kind of a douchebag. Um, he's 400th in the world golf rankings. He has not made a cut this year on the PGA Tour. His brother is the one that kind of got all the commotion started at the Ryder Cup two years ago, saying all the American fans were dumb. And that is certainly a sentiment that I have shared on this podcast, but I am allowed to talk about my countrymen like that. Danny Willett and Danny Willett's brother are not. Um, Danny Willett then went like 0-4 at the Ryder Cup. And I don't know. I just don't like him. He hasn't done anything. He hasn't... Um, I mean, he's done nothing like he's done nothing since he won the Masters um, and he's just kind of always had a a bit of an attitude. I just don't love it. I, I could see the crowd getting on him a little bit this week. I don't think his game is sharp. Uh, regardless, they could play this tournament on the moon. I don't think Danny Willett would do well because he hasn't played well anywhere on Earth or in this galaxy in a long time. So no faith in him um, and certainly no desire to see him do well. Danny Willett will come in DFL. My DFL is going to be Dominic Bazzelli, Um <laughs> partly because... I don't know. He just he looks like a Dominic Bozzelli. He's uh, he's a guy from Rochester, New York. If you see a picture of him, he just looks like he's from I don't know, like like looks like he plays linebacker. He's a, he's a big boy. Yeah, he's a big dude. Um, guys, guy, I mean, he played on the tour through Q School. Um, he's, I think he won five times in the Web.com tour, so he's a great player. It's a tough event because to get into the players, you got to be a really good player. But yeah, I mean, it's just it's a gut so feeling. So full disclosure, I have almost picked Dominic Bazzelli a number of times just based, based on, on, his, on the appearance test. The mugshot, yeah. He he just looks nothing like a professional golfer. No, like he's 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 just too big, kind of. If he joined your group, I think you know on a Sunday morning, <laughs> you'd look at him and be like, "You're there's no way this guy's any good." Yeah, just because he's too muscle bound and big. Um, right. But he's played really well, so we'll see. Like he's in the field, he's earned his way in there. Um, but I, I don't hate this pick. I, had, I have often thought of picking Dominic Bazzelli. Um, so good luck to you. I, I don't blame <laughs> you at total, all. I'm just winging it. Sometimes that's the best way. Mm-hmm. Look, you can't pick Smiley here. So, I mean, what else are you to do? I, I thought know. you were going to take Fat Tower because he is in the field for no, some you can't, you can't. unknown reason. That's too easy. Yes. Well, that's stopping you now. Downtown Scotty Brown in the field, too. <laughs> you got options. Okay. Uh, so in looking for a stump mic, I stumbled across uh, an absurd story. So um, back in 1985, Golf Digest set out to find the worst avid golfers. They set some parameters around like you had to have like a handicap on file. You had to play a certain amount 
you know, per week or per month and they went to your club and like validated like, yep, this person like shows up and plays and cares about the game and they are horrible. So they found this guy named Angelo Spagnolo from Pittsburgh. Um, they found a bunch of people. They had like a final four and they went to Sawgrass to play and they're like, go try, go do your best. Um, and we're going to see who's the worst. So Angelo is a 31-year-old grocer. He's playing a couple times per week at his club. He has an official handicap of 56. Um, and the organizer... Um, so I'm just reading from this. You know what? Like good for him, man. I mean... <laughs> exactly. He's, he's out there playing a little G-ball when, when the missile's coming to hit Hawaii. He's like, I don't care. I'm doing what I love. And good for him. So good for him. And so... Um, Here's the quote from the story. Angelo was clearly the ideal, remembers Bob Carney, a Golf Digest creative director who headed up the competition. Great guy, absolutely sincere, totally in love with the game, hopelessly bad. The Charlie <laughs> Brown of golf. <laughs> hopelessly bad. Uh, no hope. The There's Charlie no Brown of golf. The story continues. Playing from the championship tees at Pete Dye's unforgiving TPC Sawgrass course, Spagnola was ensconced in a bitter battle for worst of the worst with fellow competitor Jack Pulford, 104 over par through 16 holes. Come on. Then came number 17. Our boy Angelo got a 66 on the 17th <sighs> hole. It got so bad that... <laughs> He had so many balls in the water that eventually he just putted down the side. So it's the peninsula, but you can put around the tee box and go around and put up the ramp and putt. I admire his determination to finish the hole. It's like Tin Cup. At some point, you're just like, you know what? I'm gonna finish. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna finish this golf hole no matter what. No matter what I have to card. It was painful to watch Carney says funny at first and then not funny at all. You can't get a <laughs> hip high wedge shot to stop on a green like the 17th from 100 yards. He hit the green like seven or eight times but they just had no chance of staying there. My youngest son got really frustrated. Spagnuolo says at one point after hitting a ball in the water, there was dead silence. Now we hear his oh, dad and everyone broke up laughing. <laughs> it was needed relief. Um, the course gave him some like range balls and yeah, he went and, like put it around. Um, so total of 63 strokes for him to reach the green and three more putts to complete a single horse score of 66. His final tally for the round was 257. Oh my, oh no. It got me thinking like, what is your worst hole? What is your worst round ever? Um, we can do a couple of these. I, I certainly have, you know, a handful for being a, a, a young kid, you mm -hmm. know, with, with no concept of like distance and stuff or getting way too excited. Um, but I'll start with you. What, what is your, What's your worst hole ever? What what comes to mind? Or you can start with worst round if you want or worst shot. Well, I was thinking like, I mean, I growing up, right? Like we pace of play is an issue, right? Like if you play on if you play, whether it's a public course or, or wherever you're playing, like you got to you got to keep it moving, right? So, you know, if you're if you're out of the hole, you, you, know, you pick up and kind of move on and you, you, you do your best to kind of to kind of post it. But like, so what, what I'm thinking about is like in tournament play, when you actually have to <laughs> you actually have to put the ball in the hole, um, that's when things can get messy. So I think for me, what comes to mind is um, my worst, my worst round was um, I was a kid. I was like, I, as you know, I used to play, I used to play competitive golf when I was a kid and, and I was okay. And I qualified, I was really proud. I qualified for the New England uh, junior PGA. And, um, I was playing the tournament and I was playing great. Like my dad came to watch and like, I was, my, it was really, really like excited. And I think I came out of the gate and I had, I, I think I birdied three out of the first five holes. And now I'm like, oh man, like this could be, we're doing it. This could be pretty, this could be pretty special. 
And I don't know what happened between the fifth green and the sixth tee box, but I proceeded to lose. I think I lost almost every ball in my bag through the rest of the hole, the rest of the round. I had one ball left. I finished. I shot 90, 92. Still respectable. Think of what you need to do from the from the sixth hole in. It was, and my point was like, it, it's one of those things where like you know the people you play with and, and they know you. And like my playing partners, to your point, like the, the audible gasps and like people, these guys are trying to play a golf tournament right in, and I'm just chopping it to a, to an extent where literally, it really was, it really was a, a challenge. Like I, I was like rolling the ball. I, I just had totally gotten in my head. And then I had to post the number. I mean, they put they put the score up on a um, on a board, and they fill in all the holes. <laughs> so it's not like you can just post the, the big number and say whatever. I didn't have it today. You had to show the meltdown, and as it was happening, right? So people had to, and it's up there for the, for the rest of the weekend. Obviously, um, didn't miss, didn't make the cut. I didn't. I think I didn't play in a golf tournament like the rest of that that summer. I was so so phased from that. But it was it got bad in a hurry, and it just never got better. And uh, man, I. Look, I feel for you, um, Angelo. I've, I've I've been there. Yeah, so I, I I did not play junior golf to the level you did. I certainly played in like our 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 course, you know, mm-hmm. twilight thing. Um, no, I the only thing I could compare that sort of story to is I was, I was pretty good at tennis, and um, you know, was like up three not up three love, and then just did not win a point the rest of the right, first just set. Like, and then you have to go, you have to go play the second set. I just, I've never mm-hmm. literally never been so demoralized, and they were like. I like kind of gave up, but like there were definitely points where I was like, okay, point of pride, like play really well on this point, and was like, like whiffing ball, like not yeah. literally whiffing, but like hitting the frame, and I was like, the fuck is going on? Right. It's like you just <laughs> you lose it, and you can't get it back, and it's so bizarre. Um, I have a couple. I mean, the, the the oh my oh no shot is 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 up there for worst shot. Um, just given where the ball was, um, it's it's just an ast- like I still have the video. It is astonishing how bad that shot is. Um, I did something very, very similar at Michigan. Um, the first hole is this par five, pretty reachable in two. Um, you know, if you're if your driver is straight, you're five or six iron. Um, I'm lefty, I can kind of draw it in. Like it, it's a good situation. There's a road that runs uh, parallel to the first hole, and there's a big net in case people like snap hook it, whatever. Who are righties? Across the street, there is like a, a Mahoney's ish garden center thing, and then there's a Salvation Army. And I just block out this five iron, like similarly, just so bad. It goes like super high up in the air over the net and like into the Salvation Army, like donation area <laughs> where like the bins are. You can like hear it bouncing across the street, like yeah. Lee Carvalho putting challenge, just like ping, ping, ping until it stops. <laughs> and, and we're there and I was playing with a couple of kids I think I'd never played with. So they see this first drive that's like nuked and they're like, oh. Maybe Matt's pretty good. And then you see the second shot, like the hell's going on, with this kid. <laughs> um, I don't know. I had yeah. Th- those are two that that stand out for for worst shot. Um, I, I had one where I was playing the club championship at my at my club. This is like I don't know, eight years ago. And um, first tee, kind of similar thing where people are like standing around watching, and you're going off, and they announce like who's playing, and you, you know you tee it up, and you know at my at at um, at Weston there, there's there's cars that line the left side of the first fairway all the way down and like normally like it's you, you don't think about it you kind of aim and i'm like i'm just gonna hit you know what i'm gonna like take dead aim i'm gonna hit this down the left side try to hit a little fade it'll be great snipe 
snap hook. I mean, this thing was going like 200 miles an hour left and low and hard. And all you just hear is wham. And like nobody, because this is like a serious event. No one like yep. says anything. People are kind of like, like, <laughs> <laughs> hope that wasn't something expensive. Right. And so I'm like, okay, I gather myself, tee up another ball. It's out of bounds, stroke and distance. Right. So same exact shot. I think I might have hit the same exact car. I could, I actually could. I went down there after. I couldn't, couldn't find it. Um, same thing. Wham, out of balance. Now people are like looking around, like, what is wrong with this guy? <laughs> like, what the, what the hell? And so my third one, I hit, and I hit a, uh, I hit it where it was going, but it kind of drew a little bit right down by more cars down by the left side. Yep. And now I'm like, if I hit three out of play, like this is the first hole of the tournament, yeah, right? Yeah. I'm like, what, should I just go home? Like what, what's going on? Dirt McGirt stuff right here. So the, the, head, the head pro comes out and he walks over to me and he's like, get yourself together. Take, just take a walk, take see if it's, see if it's in play, maybe still in play. I end up finding it. It's like three feet from out of bounds. <laughs> I think I made nine on the first hole, nine or 10, something like that right out of the gate. And, uh, again, totally rattled and, uh, you know, went on to massively miss the cut and, uh, yeah, but I that one is another like public humiliation in front of everybody. And you know me, like my, my driver's never been my strength. And so it was, uh, yeah, it was a humiliating moment. Yeah. And your ball flight is like an aircraft carrier plane situation <laughs> where like you tee off and the ball goes down <laughs> for it, a little then bit it rises. and then it rises and it's yeah. bizarre and very frustrating to watch, um, in many ways. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I found the bed of a pickup truck one of the first times I played there and just kind of like ballooned it and like hit it. And I was like, okay, this will yeah. be fine. And then you hear like blank. And I like couldn't find it. And then I kind of like just peered in this pickup truck. I was like, you'd be shitting me. Like it was there. Um, I think the most out of bounds drive I've ever hit was at your bachelor party. <laughs> um, you were not there for this, but Scott and, Scott and Matt were. And Can't I, imagine... <laughs> I remember what happened. Why? I remember what hole it was, but it was like I mean, it, the club face just must have been like I don't think I could hit a ball more out of bounds <laughs> if I attempted to. Just with the club face was open, I mean, like forty five degrees open, and it just it like we everyone laughed. Right, like no one was even attempting to be polite at this point. Um, that was pretty bad. When I was a little kid too, there was this like part three. It was like one hundred fifty yards or something. So I'm like eight or nine. I have like a five iron. I hit this five iron, like totally top it, but it was like a, there was like a ravine between like the tee box and the green. So it was actually like flat, but like the balls on this uphill slope in the rough and having no like total, like true concept of like distance and my clubs and stuff. I just pull like my seven iron. I'm like, yeah, well I'm like a little closer. So I need a higher lofted club and just pound this thing. My dad's on the green and the ball, just like a missile. It's like, <laughs> over him. He goes, Matthew, <laughs> like, cause it like goes over this house. I mean, hit the thing like pure the thing like 130 yards from probably like 60 yards away from the green <laughs> um man white cliffs country club when we were little kids oh yeah little brother or my older brother hit a ball like off the toe where he like missed the ball but like one percent force of the toe hit the ball mm -hmm. and the ball goes straight sideways but i mean like five feet and just hits this house that was right next to it and you just hear like swing <laughs> just sitting in a garden. <laughs> I have to, that reminds me of, so this is not a, like a, I would say this would fall under regrettable, but. Yeah, let's go there. Most so, regrettable miss. <laughs> I was, uh, when I was a kid, when I was in, in middle school, like eighth grade, right? Going into high school. I, I, um, I volunteered as a counselor for a summer for the first tee. Um, and the first, 
firstly, it's an awesome, awesome program. And um, we were down in Norton, which is right near where the Deutsche Bank is. It, it's actually the same town. But this is a little par three golf course. We go there every day and the kids would come in on the buses and um, we'd spend the day on the golf course. And, and it was awesome. And at the end of the summer, there was like um, all the kids' parents could come out and, and watch them play. And they were, um, and again, these are kids from like the inner city and, and underprivileged communities. And they come out um, and they can get to go play golf. And so their parents come out and they're proud to see their kids play and show off what they've learned all, all year. And so there's a lot of parents on the golf course and us counselors are kind of chaperoning the groups of the kids around. It's a little par three course. I think we had like um, uh, the first uh, three or four holes were kind of like a little circuit. You know, we're going around, they had a putting contest going on. So it was kind of, it wasn't just all on the golf course. We're the counselors, right? And I'm, again, thinking I'm this like, you know, showing off, right? You know, sure. <laughs> so there's a little the par three hole. I remember it's the first hole there. And there was a dad who was standing at the, at the back of the green with his hands behind his back, like watching the next hole tee off, his son tee off. And I hit this, what, I hit like a, like a wedge. And it's like right at the guy. But I, and I looked to my fellow counselor, my buddy James, and I was like, I think, should I yell forward? Like it, kind of I, I, but I was like I didn't want to because there was a bunch of people around I didn't yell for and this is a soup it's a high shot right it's a wedge yeah yeah <laughs> comes straight down and I swear to god it hit the guy right in the middle of the hands his hands were behind his back and he goes down like a ton of bricks like obviously I, it, thankfully he wasn't hurt bad but it was like it's like ah Ah, everyone turns around, looks at me, and they're like, this <laughs> fucking asshole kid who just hit the father who'd come out to see his son play, and like, it was regrettable. Um, so always, folks, always yell four, even if you really don't think it's going to happen, definitely yell four. So I'm going to push back on this because the most regrettable uh, miss of my life is I had, this is also at Michigan, um, I am one under through six, and I am not nearly, as, I'm not nearly the player you are. Um, that's probably the best start I've ever had. Um, and I drive a par four, the seventh hole, I drive the par four. I am like, Damn, I'm like son. 15 feet away. So I'm putting for Eagle. I don't have an Eagle. <laughs> I'm over this Eagle putt and it's downhill. So I'm like, all right, don't, uh, you know, just, just, you know, just lag this thing, get a birdie. Like as much as I would normally just like pound an Eagle putt, I was like, look, you might like shoot even on the nine here. We only had time for nine. We had like a final later in the day. <laughs> Such commitment to academics in business school. Um, Leave this 13-foot putt, I mean, probably like seven feet short. Like, do not get it halfway there. <laughs> Over the ball for my birdie putt, and like <laughs> in, the, in the comeback, uh, you know, bring it, bring it back away from the ball, then bring it back down. I hear four. So I kind of like check myself. The group behind us is also seemingly trying to hit into the green, and the ball is like nowhere near the green. I mean, like 30 yards short of it. So I'm just like, now I'm like nervous, and I'm like a little jittery, and like there's still guys on the tee hitting. Like, the hell is this? So like race the putt by and I par it. The round just it just ended. Just ended. To your point about like I don't know what happened between the fifth or sixth hole. Like I know what happened. Like my round just went off the rails. I think <laughs> I went like triple triple <laughs> to finish <laughs> with like a pretty normally respectable like forty one. But I was in the car. I was just like did not talk to anybody. I was like <laughs> furious. Um, that's pretty regrettable. I also missed like a, at that course I was just telling you about. I missed a like eighteen inch putt when I was like ten. I think it was like my first like actual birdie from like uh, from the white. Um, and I, it was like a foot and yeah, a half. And I yeah. literally held the thing like Happy Gilmore just because I thought it would be more accurate to like hold it like this. Side saddle. Yeah. Yeah. And so I kind of like I basically like topped it 
and like it didn't even get there and I remember I was like no 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 no, that doesn't count that doesn't practice that doesn't practice and I was Definitely my dad counts. was like the fuck it did count <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that was bad I, I, I got one later obviously I've, I've got you know at least two birdies at this point okay. hey. plenty but no that was uh plenty. I, plenty. still I still remember that what's the worst shot you've seen a pro hit we'll end on this the worst shot I've seen a pro hit I've got mine um, go for it tiger topping the three wood at chambers bay you know the one I mean, right? Mm-hmm. Rory had one where he like cold topped it. I know, it. but like this, this is astonishing. Aiming left, playing freeze. Hopefully he's been cut, but... And he just duffed it. I... I don't know what to say. <laughs> it's in the bunker. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing you can do about it, too, which is great. Got some roll, got some roll out it. of it, you know. Watch it roll 85 yards into a bunker. Oh man, <laughs> I I've never seen a professional golfer do that. Um, certainly not him, but like that's a club that like is easy. This is not like a delicate chip. This is not a weird lie or something. He's in the middle of the fairway, and he just tops. I mean, the ball you've you've probably seen the clip. If you haven't, look it up. It the ball goes like 10 yards in the air and then just slowly and pathetically bounds yeah. into a bunker and they show tiger and he's like got his hand at his head <laughs> and and joe buck and greg norman are just like i oh my goodness like i don't know what i'm looking at <laughs> like a, a hosel rocket like I've, stricker had a shot maybe yeah. to rally a handful of years ago like those things happen i guess if you're just like trying to put way too much action on the ball or something but like a three wood, you're kind of just returning to the back of the ball and there's not a whole lot else. Right. To you can't it. really shank a three wood. Right. You well, you can top, top it. And like everyone's it, yeah. done that. Yeah. I've, I'm certainly, you know, no exception to that. But it was just I remember it, it's the only time a ball has like not left like the, the, the frame of the camera. Right. And it just it just went nowhere. <laughs> it was just, I've never seen anything like it. I'm sure it's happened. They just don't show it because it's it's, you know, not tiger. But that that is the worst I've, that I've seen. I think the worst one for me was this year when Bubba and the Masters putting it into the okay, bunker. Okay, like yeah. Yep. And because, again, because not because it's difficult to do. I mean, we, we, you can all, anyone can hit a bad putt, but it just looked like it was just so there was zero effort. It looked like just waved it into the bunker. Yeah, like, there's just no reason for it. Think it was that, that would be a possibility. Right, right, right. That by far is the worst shot I've seen a professional make. So. The Wells Fargo is in the books. Nice little ramp up for the Players' Championship, the fifth major. It's the last time, Matt, we're going to be able to see it here in May. They're going to move it back to its original spot in March. That's right. I'd, I'd forgotten about that, so I got some email about, you know, sign up now to, to get tickets to the PGA Championship next May, and I was all confused. And, yeah, this, this, is, a, this is a bit of a novelty for that reason, and yeah. it's the fifth major. It's a ton of money. There's great theater on 17. Maybe we'll see some some more awful shots uh it's gonna be a it's gonna be a great weekend i'm looking forward to it and whatever happens it's gonna be a show we'll have a full breakdown for you next week as always for the alternate shot podcast i'm mike i'm matt and we will see you guys next week